when you go to a show, enjoy the show. Isn't that kind of like the Charmin thing? Enjoy the go. Oh my god, I gotta take that out. What's going on, everybody? Hey, it's uh, what's up? It's Timothy. It's Timothy Yates. This is Speaking of Nothing. This is a podcast. We're more episodes into this than you thought I would get. And you know what? <laughs> Take that, everybody who was like, Timothy's starting a podcast? That'll be another thing that he starts and then abandons very quickly, because that's just something he does. Well, guess what? I'm still here doing Speaking of Nothing, and yeah... Thanks for listening. I appreciate you so much. Today we're going to be talking about something that I care very passionately about. And the reason for that is because this is a podcast where I talk about things that I care passionately for. So today I'm going to be talking about concert etiquette. That's like the thing of when you go to a show and you go see a band and other people also pay to go see a show and go see a band and you sit there and you talk and people get mad at you. I'm going to tell you why they're getting mad at you and all of the mysteries of concerts will be unlocked today in this very episode of Speaking of Nothing. Plus we're going to do a top five list. We're going to do that first and then I've got some new disco. So I want to start with top five. I'm going to do top five at the beginning of the show today because I think that it ties in nicely to my monologue thing. And quite honestly, I'm just very excited about today's take five. So let's get into that. So my top five list today is one that ties nicely into what happened on Saturday. Saturday was my favorite holiday of the year, Record Store Day. Oh yeah, I love Record Store Day. I'm a big record collector. I like to buy them records. I've been doing it since 2010. I don't know why I keep buying records, but I do, and I got a lot of them, and I like it. It's my preferred format. That's how I like to listen to music. There's a whole episode where I talked about it. I think it was my first one. You can go back and listen to that. Today for my top five list, I want to do my top five record stores. Because every record store is unique. Every record store that you go to has got something that the other one might not have. And vice versa. I love going into a record store and just because there's an ambiance there that this is a place where music lives and I'm very excited about it and I'm going to drop a bunch of money wherever I am. <laughs> so today I'm going to list the five record stores that I have dropped a bunch of money at and that I really appreciate and hopefully in the future we'll get to shop at. 
So at number five, I have a record store that I've only visited one time, but had a lot of fun at. This is Zia Record Exchange. It is located in Phoenix, Arizona. It is a chain store. There are several of them. They are very, very, very large. If you've ever been to a cheapo in Minneapolis, it's kind of the same vibe, but instead of just exclusively records, they also have a ton of used DVDs and Blu-rays, and they have a bunch of used CDs, and it's also a bookstore. It, it was a really cool place. I've only been there once. I bought a copy of... George Harrison's All Things Must Pass with the original poster in beautiful shape, and it wasn't too terribly priced. So I really appreciate Zero Records Exchange. That's down in Phoenix, Arizona. And number four on my list would be the one and only Ragged Records in Davenport. Ragged Records was a big find for me and my friends when we started collecting records, because we used to go to this place called Coffee Dive, which had a bunch of LPs that no one really wanted, and they were all a dollar. And you would just go in there and dig through all of the stacks and crates, and you'd be like, oh, I like The Who, I'll buy that. I like CCR, I'll buy that. And you would come out, and you'd spend 25 bucks, and you'd have 25 albums. So we loved this place because it was at a time when records weren't that crazy popular well then coffee dive closed down sold their stock to a place downstairs the place downstairs was charging six bucks for a record and we were like that's kind of a lot it wasn't and then we found ragged records ragged records was the first real record shop i think i'd ever been in and when we walked in there i was like whoa i want to find an album and it's here but why is it cost like twelve dollars i just really didn't know how like records were priced so yeah, Ragged Records was a was a cool place for me because usually if I want to buy something, I can go there and it's already there and I can just pick it up. It's also got a cool vibe and Record Store Day is always a fun time there because they have a bunch of live bands playing. They do the same for Black Friday. Um, it's and they have discounts on records for Record Store used records for Record Store Day, and it's always a good time. At number three on my list is Electric Fetus up in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Electric Fetus is pretty much the Minneapolis record store. They are always doing like exclusives and things like that. That's where I got my Bob Mould signed copy of Sunshine Rock. And Electric Fetus is a pretty neat place. For the most part, I think Electric Fetus kind of prices their LPs a little high. But there's a novelty to shopping at Electric Fetus that's really cool. Half of it is also like a gift store, which is kind of cool. There's a lot of Electric Fetus merchandise, but you can also buy things like those little Fisher-Price record players that you had when you were a kid that played like those plastic discs. Yeah, they sell those there, and they sell like kazoos and things, but they also sell, you know, if it has Prince's face on it, you can buy it at Electric Fetus. It's a pretty neat place. If you're ever in Minneapolis, you kind of got to go there. If you like records, it's kind of a go-to spot and you don't want to miss out on that. Number two, also a record store in Minneapolis. This is Jaime's on Lake Street in Minneapolis. That place is awesome. You walk in there and you are greeted by Irene. Irene is the shop dog. She's a Boston Terrier and she is adorable. I believe she's been on the cover of Rolling Stone and she pretty much owns that place, man. Irene just kind of She'll either just, she was sleeping in their chair when we were there last weekend. You know, sometimes she'll just walk around. Everything in the store, every inch of the store has records in it. In the bathroom, there are records. Shelves and shelves of records. It is amazing. 
On top of that, every time I go to Jaime's, I find something that I didn't think existed or I thought like, oh, I thought I was done with this band's discography. Guess I don't have this. Oops. Or you find cool things like I only have one UK pressing of a Beatles album and it's with the Beatles. And I got that at Jaime's and it wasn't too terribly expensive. Their prices are very, very, very reasonable. It is a it is a good place to go. And if even if you don't buy records, you should go to Jaime's just to check it out because it is just such a cool place. And at number one on my list, my favorite record store is my home base, Co-op Tapin' Records in Moline. Co-op Tapin' Records doesn't necessarily have the best selection of LPs, and they don't necessarily have the best prices on LPs, but what they do have is the best customer service out of any record store I've ever been to. Those guys at Co-op know everything and they will take care of you like i don't know like you're their little music loving child if you're like hey i'm looking for this album they'll find it for you and they'll give you a call when it's there the customer service cannot be beat we're standing in line for record store day and we always like to open co-op because for the most part they've got their exclusives by the door and we can go in pick up the exclusives and then if we want to shop around we can for a little bit or we can come back later but when we're waiting in line, like on Saturday, uh, one of the guys comes out and he's got a huge tray of like thumbprint cookies and he's handing them to everybody. And he's like, shop opens in five minutes. Who wants some cookies? And it, it was really cool. And they were, they were good cookies. Co-op has really just become like a space for me to go when I'm feeling stressed out and I can thumb through the used rack and just be like, do I need to buy this? No, I don't. Oh, well, I'll get it anyway. Or I'll use some points on my rewards card or something like that. It is an awesome place. If I'm looking right now at my CD rack that's right in front of me, like, I got to say, man, like, probably 30 to 40% of my CDs I bought used from co-op, and a lot of my LPs have the co-op stickers still on them. It, it, it is my favorite place to go and either just browse for a while or picks up something new it, it's a great place co-op's my number one so that's my top five record stores what are your top five message me and let me know thank you so much let's move on Hey, that's kind of some new disco for you. I actually bought that Peking Spring release. That was a Record Store Day exclusive, was the Mission of Burma Peking Spring album, which has that version of new disco, which I just played on it. So that's cool. There's a track for you to listen to. Go listen to New Disco by Mission of Burma, because I play it, like, every freaking episode. So it's been a busy year, and there's been lots of music, and I've missed some stuff, and I will tend to do that. A lot of what I do is play catch-up. And that's okay. As long as you're listening to music, who cares? 
but I'm always feeling a little bit behind. So this was a, a song that was released back in January or February. It's a polyvinyl release. It's Julia Jacqueline. I had put this album on my list of things to listen to, and then I you know, forgot about it. Well, what I did is I forced myself to reformat my phone, so I deleted every single song off of that I had downloaded off of my phone, and then I don't have a data plan, so when I was driving home one night, I pull up my phone, and I'm like, well, what am I going to listen to on my drive? And I have like three albums. And this was one that was still saved, so I was like, awesome. Okay, I guess I'm going to listen to this. And it was actually perfect. I really like this first single off of it, which was Pressure to Party. I'm going to play a little bit of that for you. The part I really like about this song, besides just the vocals and the lyrics and that it's relatable, is the chorus of this song. I'm going to play the chorus for you right now. It goes a little bit like this. It's a really great track that's Julia Jacqueline, and the name of the album is Crushing, and it's just good. It's good music. What else can I say about it? Secondly, I've been listening to a lot of Laura Stevenson recently. Laura Stevenson is an artist who's worked with a lot of groups that I really enjoy. She's actually recorded some vocals for uh, Telethon, which is a band we've played shows with before. She appears on two tracks on Telethon's album, The Grand Spontanean, which I'm sure I'll talk about a little bit more, which I thought was a big deal because I knew who Laura Stevenson was, and I know that I had a lot of friends and stuff who really loved her music. Well, she's got a new record out. It's called The Big Freeze. I'm going to play you a little bit of a song on that. The first song on that, it's called Layback Arms Out. Sweet. 
Laura Stevenson, she has such a recognizable voice and it's so easily distinguishable. First time I heard her on the Telethon album, I thought, I've heard that somewhere else. And I definitely had heard it on a few other things. She's recorded with Jeff Rosenstock, Bomb the Music Industry, and a bunch of other things. I, I like this album because it's a little bit softer, a little more singer-songwriter, but I really enjoy her other work, too. This is a song I really enjoyed by her off of her album, Cocksure. It's called Torch Song. Laura Stevenson, The Big Freeze. Go check out that record. And I've got one more new disco for you. This is, again, I kind of am following this theme of here's something new, and here's another thing new, and here's something I totally missed. So I've been listening to The Current a lot more lately because I've been up in Minnesota a lot more lately. And I love The Current. It's a radio station that's helped me discover a lot of bands that I've really loved. It's an NPR station that just plays a bunch of music of all different kinds of genres and I heard this song like at two in the morning the other night when I was listening to the live stream and it is a song called say can you hear and the name of the artist is men I trust and I'm just gonna play a little bit of that song for you right now That's Men I Trust with Say Can You Hear. That came out last November, and I totally missed it. And I heard that song and was like, I got to put that on my podcast no matter what I talk about next week because I really loved that song. It has such like a yeah, yeah, yeahs kind of vibe. And I know nothing about the band. I should have done some research, but I didn't. I know nothing about the band. I just know the name of the band is men i trust and the name of the song is say can you hear 
and I loved it, and I wanted to share it with you. So if I know more about it later, maybe I'll talk about it later. But that's really my new disco for the week. I have a, I keep listening to Pup still. I get in these habits of listening to the same artist over and over again in the same album. And I, I loved Pup's album Morbid Stuff so much I just can't stop listening to it. And, it, and that will make me go back and listen to other stuff. So I've been listening to a bunch of Pup late, recently. But these were three picks that I thought you might enjoy. Thanks for listening. This has been New Disco. Let's move on to something else. Hey, dude. Dude, what are you doing after the show? Yeah, I'm thinking I'm going there, too. Oh, man, I love this song. Let me get my phone out real quick. Oh. Yeah, I love Bon Iver. Bon Iver, man. Great, great tunes. Yeah. No, yeah, I heard about that. That was crazy. Wow, really? No way. Cool. Awesome. Fantastic. Stop. Please. For the love of all things, stop talking at shows. I want to watch the artist. I paid 50 bucks to come here and watch the show. Shut up. I don't care what you're doing after the show. I just don't care. cities has a new venue it's called the rust belt and it's pretty friggin' cool it's a giant warehouse in the middle of the industrial part of east moline you drive up you park and you get golf carted to the entrance it's kind of like any other you know project that sean Mueller is attached to it's novelty it's fun it's awesome it's a one-of-a-kind experience but here is the problem that I had at this last show. It's my first time ever there. I got there, looked around, it was like, this is a really neat place. I'm very excited to see a show here. And then I noticed that there were 4,000 people there. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of heads. That's a lot of people to annoy you when you're watching a show. And I didn't think about that because I thought most of the time people coming to a show are here to see the artist, right? Wrong. All right, so what happened was I went to go see Boney Vare. Very excited about that. I've been a fan for a couple years now, since 22 A Million came out. Played a little catch-up and, and definitely felt like that music ha- connected to me and I was a part of it. And I was really excited to see it in a live setting. Loved the show, but my issue with the show was nothing, had nothing to do with Bon Iver, had nothing to do with the Rust Belt, and it had everything to do with the 4,000 people who probably thought that Bon Iver was pronounced Bon Iver. 
So excuse me while I go on a little bit of a rant here. We're trying to watch the show, and the show starts, and he's playing 22 a million. And kind of what happened at the beginning when I played that thing, that's what happened. People kept talking, and I was like turning to them and being like, hey, guys, come on. Bonnie Vare's on stage. We're all in this together, and we all paid to see this show. Can we please just sit and watch it? The band is up there. They're real people. They're living, breathing, right in this room, playing music for you to enjoy. Get off Snapchat and just watch the show. Please get the phone out of my face. I just want to watch the show. Didn't work, so we moved farther back, and people kept talking. It was insane. I do not remember the last time I went to a show where people were just that stinking rude. Oh, my gosh. It was insane. They just would not shut up. Boney Vare, for the most part, is softer music. You know, it's music that you kind of got to listen to and think about, and people just didn't get that. So I got thinking, has this ever happened to me before? And the answer is, of course, yes, it has. This is kind of a common thing in the United States. Concerts are social gatherings, so people go and meet their buddies there, and they have a few beers, and they play catch-up, and they get to know each other, and I'm standing there trying to watch Death Cab for Cutie, because the closest venue to my hometown is not going to have Death Cab for Cutie, and I drove three hours to Madison, Wisconsin to see this show, and you are standing behind me, ruining my good time, you know? So, stop doing that. If you are a person, and you go to a show, and you have a conversation throughout the whole show, with your friend, I hate you. You are a bad person, and you should feel bad. People paid money to see this artist, not to listen to you and Greg talk about your days in the fraternity or whatever the heck you talk about when you're having a couple beers. Stop doing it. So, well, you can all stop talking, and that's fine. We'll stop talking, Timothy. We'll stop talking at shows. We'll, we'll watch the artists that we, we sat and paid to enjoy. Thanks, Timothy. You pointed that out. Good point. Well, then you think, God, I need to show this to all of my friends on Snapchat. So you get out your phone, and you take a Snapchat video of the whole song, and the next song, and the next song. And you put it on your Instagram, and you put it on your Facebook, and you save it. And y'all, look, everybody, I'm at the show. Guess what? I have bad news for you. Nobody's going to watch that. And here's why. Because your video quality sucks. I don't care how good of a phone you have. Also, your sound quality sounds like this. This is what the sound sounds like. It's a bad time. So don't do it. I'm guilty of this too. I used to go to shows in high school and I would be like, oh, I'm going to tape this show. Show it to all my friends and they're going to be like, wow, Timothy actually went to the show. He wasn't lying about this. But guess what? Never in my life has anybody ever came up to me and been like, oh, you went to that show? Prove it. Flashback to 2012. 2012, I'm at my first ever Wilco concert. I'm taping the show. I'm hearing all my favorite songs. I'm very excited. This is, this is an amazing moment in my life. I think it was one of the first shows I ever went to by myself. I just went with a friend, and it was a great time. Well, at some point in the show, Jeff Tweedy made some kind of comment, and it was kind of along the lines of, hey, everybody who's taping the show on your phones, I don't know if you don't feel like rocking out right now, but we're here right now, and we're going to rock out for you right now, here, live, in this room, or something along those lines. And I was like, whoa, okay, that's a good point. Like, I'm missing valuable Wilco time here when I'm holding my phone up and taping it and saving it and blah 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 and uploading it or whatever I'm doing 
I should just be watching the show and enjoying that and living in the moment. And ever since then, I have enjoyed the shows that I'm going to so much more because I don't have to worry about my phone. I can just stand there and watch the artist and sing along to my favorite songs. And it's awesome. Those are my two main points with concert etiquette. There's a third point that doesn't really apply to everybody. And it's, if you're tall, you should probably stand farther to the back. I know you want to be in front of the stage, but those of us who are short, like myself, can't see anything, and it's not always a fun time to watch through windows. And for some reason at this Boney Vare show, there was like a bunch of guys who had to be like 6'11", all standing like right in front of the stage. It was it was pretty obnoxious, for sure. I still had a good time at this show, but my general feeling when I walked out of there was just anger. I was so mad. That should not be how I leave a Boney Vare show. I should definitely leave and be like, oh, cool, this is nice. I feel so serene and at peace and my mind is expanded. But no, I'm just mad because Stephanie and friggin' Christine or whatever were talking about all of the tequila they drank in Mexico. I don't care about any of that. There are places in the world where you can still go enjoy a concert. Makokita has Codfish Hollow. Codfish Hollow has a rule in the barn where you can't talk in the barn. If there's excessive conversation going on in the barn, they will ask you to leave the barn. Raccoon Motel is another place where I've never been to a show there where people were being rude and talking. That's probably because it's a 100-capacity venue and it's very, very small. And if you're talking, everybody's going to stare at you and be like, shut up. Because you can't avoid it at that point. I've been to one show in a different country. I went to see a guy named Bill Ryder Jones in Dublin because I was on tour with my wind ensemble and I wanted to go to a concert. So I went to this venue in Dublin. I don't remember the name of it, but I remember coming into the bar and I was. they were like, you guys here for the show? And we were like, yeah. So we went upstairs and there was another bar. And they were like, you guys here for the show? And we are like, yeah, where is it? And they are like, through these doors. So we go through these doors and pay our cover, and it's a separate room. And everybody is quiet. And there's lots of people in there. And they're all quiet, and they're watching the band. And when the band finishes, they applaud. And there's some, you know, general, you know, interaction between the band and the, and the audience. But when the songs are playing, for the most part, people didn't have conversations. They were just quiet and enjoyed the band. And that's why they were there. They were there to see the artist. The loudest I got at that show was when the uh, the Bill Ryder Jones was like, hey, who likes Teenage Fan Club? And I was like, this guy. And everybody did look at me. But I was answering the artist's question. You know, I wasn't like just screaming about Teenage Fan Club. I think kind of the entire country of Japan has different social guidelines and stuff that would probably make a concert in, in Tokyo pretty enjoyable. Because in Tokyo, people don't really talk in social places that much. And by that, I mean, like, public spaces. Like, like people don't really have conversations on the train. So you get on the train, it's, like, quiet. If people are talking, you know they're from, they're from America. You can tell. I mean, besides the fact that they're speaking English, it's like you know they're American because they aren't respecting the public space and being quiet. I don't know if it's something about American culture where we just feel like we need to talk all the time or it's awkward, but I'm trying to 
assure you, anyone who's listening to my little tiny podcast that averages about eight listens a year, you're going to have so much more fun if you just have an experience at a show instead of talking about an experience you had somewhere else. That sounds so much better. That's just my two cents on the matter. Please take it to heart. And please don't blame the Rust Belt for this show. It's really, really cool that 4,000 people came here to support this great, great new venue that's going to be getting these amazing artists to come to the Quad Cities for the first time. Absolutely nothing against them and their staff. They did great. I'm just really trying to let you know, as a music fan... Everybody's going to have so much more fun if you all watch the show and just sing along. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Speaking of Nothing. I'll be back with another episode next week. Not sure what I'm going to talk about, but I'll figure it out. You can find the artists that I played in the new disco section on Spotify. That's how I'm playing them for you now. You can also check out my band's new album. It's called Better Check the Kids, and it's going to be out on Spotify Hopefully by the time this episode airs, or you can buy it from me, I mean, if you if you want to. Nick Isher, who was on last week, did the production for it, and he did a great job. It's really cool. And yeah, if I got more stuff to tell you, I'll tell you later. But for now, good night. Drive home safe.